moi. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a boat, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis. Uh, this is MJ Network. And this is going to be very interesting today. We have Chris Carlson, Charles Salzberg, Jim Nesberg, and Lee Matthew Goldberg, and we're going to talk about some important issues that have been in the news. We're going to talk about uh, the police and how they've handled or mishandled a lot of issues that have been happening, and unfortunately we have to, we have to do something about that. We're going to talk about um, the rallies and the ineptness of why things were changed and removed and the dangers of these speak-outs, protests, rallies, or whatever you want to call them, that some of them they need to stop. So, good morning, everyone, and I have the first question. Morning, Fran. Um, good morning. I think it's a <laughs> um, Chris, since you brought this up first, um, I'm going to read what you wrote, and then we can comment on it. The, na- the This thing upset me. I watched it. The nation saw this Buffalo cop shove this elderly man. That, that incensed me. The police squadron were told to respond to a location, and the man was in the way. He was shoved by a cop, and the man did trip over his own feet. The problem is the administration first denying the man was shoved and saying he was tripped. No, that's a lie, and they had to retract the initial statement. The man is bleeding, and the officer left standing until the MTs got there. Bleeding from the air, a head injury. What do you think about that, and how should this have been handled? What would have been the right way to handle this so that this poor man didn't get hurt? Well, I think from from my my viewpoint, I was like there, there was one officer that did look like he wanted to stop and and, and look at him to see how yeah. the man was, and he got pushed away. And mm-hmm. what the nation saw was this man bleeding from the head, this elderly man bleeding from the head. I think it wouldn't have killed them to have left one 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 officer behind until the EMTs got there, because what mm-hmm. it com- comes across as for the people watching is a total lack of of humanity. And then they lie about it. To, to, they told a lie to begin with. So when they had to retract it and correct it, it taints everything they say afterwards. Every excuse they give afterwards is now tainted because you lied them from the get-go. You know, what you, what you saw was, uh, uh, and you're starting to see this a little bit, where, where uh, some incidences where an officer will attempt to intervene with a, with a, uh, a fellow officer, Who's doing something? Uh, the one that sticks out in my mind was a chokehold incident, and mm-hmm. and the, the, that that guy is kind of uh, shamed as uh, breaking the code and uh, you know ignored. Uh, so you know you've got you know the the blue line and the uh, uh, kind of the herd mentality, and the uh, the bad actors are the ones who are dominating the action, uh, and the guys who want to do something different. Are getting either ignored or uh, mm-hmm. you know, shamed into stepping back in the line. Uh, it's it's not good. 
That is, that is, that is, that is sad. Does anyone else want to hear another? I have another next question. Um, this just broke my heart. This poor girl, Brianna Taylor, the shot by officers serving a warrant on someone who was already in custody and didn't live at a house to begin with. On the report, the officer who wrote it under injuries listed none. None. She has eight bullets in her. How is that none? And aren't they supposed to identify themselves or do something when, when, they, when they come like that? How could they make such a mistake? This is horrible. And the statement is an egregious lie, and supervisor had to sign off and lied. How do they do that? In due conscience, this poor girl's dead for no reason. That that was a shocking thing to see that that when that report came yeah. out and the, the officer said there were no injuries. I mean, the woman is dead. Uh, you just kind of go, yeah. what? What were you as a department, as a supervisor? What are you thinking? And you know, it was a no-knock warrant. They were in plain clothes. Well, you know, who does? Who who wouldn't think they were that somebody was breaking into their house? But it was so stupid that the, the the suspect they were after was already in custody. You want to go? Do you not do a final check before you before you serve a warrant? You know, you had the wrong address to begin with. This is this was just, uh, and then the, and then. Then to try and cover it up by saying there was no injuries, I, I, don't, I don't even know what these people were thinking. You know, and you wonder whether you, you wonder whether he. Well, you're wondering whether the, the the you know the guy just had that narrow view of well n- nobody in my crew got injured, you know, but a, but a citizen got killed. I mean it it uh, it, it kind of reveals uh, uh, you know, I think the the attitude uh, us versus them. And you, you've got a long history of, uh, of uh, you know, drug uh, actions, uh, drug raids, uh, going into the wrong house, shooting somebody up and killing them. Uh, I mean, it's it, that's been going on for, you know, for decades. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, it, it used to be just shrugged off. Now it's coming to light and, and under the same light as the. Uh, as, as the other police uh, uh, killings. Yeah, I mean, this, this, this was just horrific um, that it happened. And, I mean, I think it points a lot to a lot of the issues with um, the, police, the, the police department in America right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so much faster for an American to become a police officer than in other countries in terms of what they have to go through. Um, and I think you have a lot of people who are a little too green on the job, especially um, handling things that they potentially shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, hopefully something that comes out of this is a little more um, scrutinizing in terms of who is becoming a police officer um, because literally people are dying at their hands. Well, you're, you're touching on one key thing, I think, it, it, both cultural and training. I mean, the quality and I guess the... I hate to use the word sensitivity, but the you know the, yeah, the no, empathy uh, of a of a uh, of a police force that varies from you know from city to city, and uh, uh, and and you know you've got a lot of divisions within departments. Um, you, you, so first off, you got a cultural issue uh, of varying degrees uh, according to the police department, but you also have a training issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got particular where it's most evident. But it's not limited to, is in uh, on on SWAT teams where you know you're getting all these you know military toys, but you're not uh, you might not be able to afford the uh, intensive training to sure. um, uh, make sure these guys know what they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and 
I think that applies to training in general. You've got a, my sense is you've got a, a kind of a generational shift going on. You've got a lot of guys coming into police forces and sheriff departments, uh, you know, straight from the military, and, and those are two different roles, two different mindsets that have mm. to be adopted. Yeah. And what I wonder about is, is is whether or not you know there's there's proper training and departmental culture to you know emphasize that difference and 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 the difference in skill sets necessary and attitudes that are necessary um yeah you know you're you're, you're not an occupying army but boy you're dressing up like one uh you know old school cops you know uh they they they, they knew that they weren't soldiers. Um, you know, I get it. It's a violent world we live in, and uh, you know, I want you know police forces uh, equipped to confront, like in Los Angeles, the uh, you know the the bank robbery capital of the of the world. They have to be able to you know meet that threat. But not everybody is that threat, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I I wonder whether there's you know, the, whether the culture has become more and more military uh, than even uh, than what I saw when back in the day when I was a journalist and covering this stuff on a regular basis. This is scary. I'm going to think another one problem point. that you have is is I think that the House bill for police reform yeah. I think is it does include um, the the database. For the, for the bad the bad the bad apples, and the, I didn't yeah. I don't think the GOP mm-hmm. bill did or the Senate bill did, but and that's that's I think that's desperately needed because I just read a story the other day, um, a, a Wood Woodland New Jersey cop he's only 31 years old mm-hmm. he's though at nine different departments because he keeps collecting all these all these excessive force beefs along the way, and there's got to be put in place a system that says no you can't go it's like pedophile priests no. We, we're not going to we're not going to let you go from from you know department to department to department and just change locations and still do what you're doing. I mean, they're not fixing the problem by doing that. And um, and I think that's another thing. You've got to stop these guys from just moving moving down the road and doing it all over again. No, I agree with yeah, you. We had a pedophile that, in my that, school like that also. And when he finally got out of jail, they put him right near a school. I mean, uh, why? Yeah, I mean, he was one of the teachers in my school, and he couldn't imagine why I wouldn't testify in his favor. I said, because I knew what you were doing, and I reported it, and they did nothing about it until it was too late, until it got to the point where the police found out about it. And, yeah, then when he got out of Rikers after a few years, he's still doing it again. He moved him right near a school. I mean, seriously, it's 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 frightening. Well, you need to be able to uh, apply that same scrutiny to, you know, the training and the record, you know, any any cop who's joining a a force. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. There should be a database, and uh, I can imagine there'll be heavy resistance from police unions for that kind of thing. Uh, You know, you should have some... uh, you know rehabilitative angles in there uh uh you know not every not every cop who has a, a brutality raps is irredeemable but you know you need to recognize this guy's got a problem we can't just shuffle him from department to department you know so I agree um and I think you're going to have a lot of pushback from police unions 
if if uh, if we start talking about a database, or if if it, if it comes close to being a, a, a legislation. So that's you know, one friend. of the things that I found yesterday. It found exactly that. It said um, some of the things that the bills will do, incentive law enforcement agencies to ban the use of chokeholds by tying funding to whether departments have prohibited the practice, ramp up the database to track an officer's use of force results in death or so harm, provide federal money for additional training on alternatives to use of force, and, of course, this language. <laughs> The language recognizing the history of the lynchings and American strength and penalties for falsifying police reports. That's just some of what I read. What do you think? And I, I agree. Well, Brad, I mean, I, I think. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think um, the key was, was was said earlier, and, and that is training. And, and I have a little story to you. I have a friend by the name of Mark Johnson, and Mark was 50 years old. He was a social worker. And he worked for the United Way, and at 50, he decided he wanted to become a cop. And so he took the test in Alabama, and I was shocked. There's no age limit. As long as you can pass the test, you're fine. And he passed, and he became a, a street cop first. And he told me he's got great stories, and one of the things he told me is that when he would be out with a much younger partner, they would call him Grandpa, you know, he was so much older. But he had a background of social work. So when he arrested someone or got into a situation with mm -hmm. someone, he would talk to them first, and he would try to find out their mm -hmm. you know, background, their story, why they did what they did. And he was taken aside and told, uh, that, look, you're a cop now, not a social worker. So cut that stuff out. And so I think that uh, that, that that training as a social probably helped him um, mm -hmm. deal with that. He wound up being a cop for 15 years. He was a street, and then um, he was they, they wanted to promote the detective. And at first he, he said, no, I, I want to stay on the street. And they said to him, look, if you don't take this um, uh, promotion, we're going to put you to death. So anyway, he was very successful, but I think it really helped him to have this training as a social worker first. And I'm not saying that everyone should be a social worker or you mm -hmm. know, take all the training, but I think it really helped him as a beat cop to have that earlier training. And they looked down on that. That's, that's not what they wanted. But, yeah, well, but, uh, you know, it, him, it's, it gives them like an empathy that a regular cop necessarily mm. wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of situations dealing with like um, individuals with mental health problems and they don't mm -hmm. know how to express what's going on and they're caught up in something and the cops just come in and, you know, either arrest them or, you know, put them in a chokehold or whatever. Um, and if you had somebody, you know, like you said, I'm not saying every cop maybe, but if they had a certain amount of cops who maybe had a social work background that they could utilize for instances like that, um, it would probably cut down on, um, you know, people like that getting hurt um, for, for no reason. Uh, look at you well, you know, know uh, what, what, your your example is an excellent one. Uh, you know, in terms of the reaction of fellow police officers to a guy showing skills and being able to talk somebody mm -hmm. down, or talk talk somebody down from a situation, de-escalating, all those things that old line beat cops used to have. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, the, the guy, the cop walking the beat, or at least uh, going through the same area time and time again in a, in a prowl car, you know, those guys had those skills. And I don't, I don't, my sense is the, uh, the, the, particularly the younger cops don't have it at all. 
Yeah, you know, I think well, that you ran that example you brought up of the first, that the of the elderly man who was pushed, yeah. and that that to, the key to that one was, as someone brought up here, I, I don't know, is the gotcha cop whose first instinct was to stop and and make sure Help the guy him, yeah. was on the ground, but he was pulled away by another cop. So that tells me that the culture of that was mm-hmm. not to empathy and and not to you know that was they they had a yeah. job and it was to move forward so i think that kind of, what's the lesson that he learns from that is look you know i'm just going to go straight forward I, I don't have to feel anything so i think that is a, a big part of the problem and that was illustrated in that you know anything can happen they push I, we don't know what was said or whatever not that he deserved to be pushed mm-hmm. but we don't know what happened then but we do know what happened when that other cop next to him wanted to bend down and see if he was all right and help. Uh, we do know that. They're not showing that they're not showing that cops don't I have mean, empathy for anybody, which is really not true, which is horrible. I mean, it's making them seem, what about, Chris, because you know, because you were a detective, what about people that come from the military to join the police force and they have PTSD or need anger management skills? Would that you know, I don't even know if some of these departments are giving psychological exams anymore. When I came on, which yeah. was many years ago, you had you had a you had a very you had the MMPI, which is an extensive psychological exam. But I, you also had an in, in person face to face interview with a, with a mm-hmm. psychi- uh, psychiatrist, and a lot of departments, uh, you know, they, they took they took that to, into account. What I saw, what I, the shift that I saw wasn't that the guys coming out of the military. What I saw mm-hmm. was a shift in the late 90s was you had, um, like, these millennials who they went, they, 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 they're $100,000 in debt from school. They can't get the job they thought they were going to get because they, they all think they're very special. You know, they're very privileged attitude. And then so they say, well, they, you know, I can make 75000 a year and get benefits by joining the police department. And they never wanted to be cops to begin with. They don't like they don't like the idea they have to touch people. And they instead of doing escalation of force, their their response is to, you know, I'll tell you I'll tell you to put your hands up, and if you don't put your hands up, I, they go to the gun. There's no there's no there's no steps to them. They don't take any because they don't really want to interact with people. It's just mm-hmm. a job to them. And I think that really affected a lot of attitudes for cops on the street. They're just, they're the, the like 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 the other gentlemen have said, the old the old beat style cop who actually stopped and talked to people, and if he mm-hmm. had a regular beat, he talked to people on his beat. That that guy that cop in a lot of ways has gone by the wayside. These kid these younger the younger crews they don't want to get out of the car, and when they do they're afraid. You know it's it's it, it, between that and some of these other guys that are just plain old plain old cowboys and bullies. It's really yeah. painting the departments with a with a, a dark brush. Yeah, and and that that that's the cultural thing I was talking about earlier. You know, I mean, I, you know, training can only go so far. Screening can only go so far. You know, if you've got a culture uh, that's that's you know kind of bubbling up from the you know bottom up. And, and you know the type of guy you're or, or woman you're getting uh, in, coming uh, bringing into the force uh, that's a hard that's a hard thing to change uh, mm-hmm. you know you can you can give all the training in the world but if they're not receptive to it 
You know, it's like a it's like a clay layer you can't penetrate. Or like you said before, that it, it's not their like passion; it's their sort of fallback profession, um, where they're not putting everything kind of into it um, as they should. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, comment about it, it being much much more yeah. you know from the '90s forward. I mean, you know, when I was writing um, about cops, and uh, it was. Uh, you know, the old beat cop was was going out the pasture, and uh, it's kind of the the tail end of boomers, you know, that kind of thing were coming in, and there was some, you know, passing the baton of culture and how to do things still going on, but uh, that changed. Ra- looking from the outside in, it seemed to change rapidly in the '90s. Particularly with the addition of uh, you know military equipment. Uh, well, I have. You know, I, 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 I would have. Go ahead. I have the, the this this has been bothering me for a while, so we're going to get to him because if he was standing in front of me, he wouldn't want to be standing in front of me. Um, I know that what started all this was George Floyd. My question is this, because Chris, you would know. He, these two, George Floyd and Officer Shaman, were worked in a club together. Am I correct about that? And they didn't like That's each right. other. They had, a negative, they, had an, they had an incident, yes. Right, they had a negative history. My question is this. Out of all the people, knowing that he doesn't like this man, knowing that there could be a problem, why would he take the opportunity, unless he knew it beforehand in his brain, to come there and take this man down. He supposedly he was um, t- passing a $20 fake counterfeit bill. My question is, mm-hmm. this is just my, I could probably be way off base, but it bothers me that this store owner, uh, not the store owner, the worker called the police, and all of a sudden this guy shows up, at the, at, at, shows up there, and out of nowhere he decides that he puts the handcuffs on him and he decides to take him down, which of course is the wrong way to do it. My question is, did this guy really call the police or did he call this guy on the cell phone? Did he know this? And of all the people in the world, why would they send him? Was well, first 17? of all, if, if the guy called if the yeah. guy called 911, the dispatcher puts it out to the closest beat car, whatever if he beat really car that did. is. If he really did. If he did. So I don't know. I, I, I'm just going with what I read, and, and they made it yeah. sound like the call was made he got dispatched. Maybe it was a coincidence, or maybe he jumped yeah. the call. But the I guy, so. Floyd, Floyd, Floyd's name didn't go out over the air. They just said you have a male black that's, you know, in they the description that just left this location. So I don't know how that Chauvin would have actually known that that's who was was mm-hmm. who was the suspect. I'm not sure that 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 he had that knowledge. But if he yeah, came it seems like that was just, uh, it was like a horrible yeah. coincidence. Um, but when he saw him he might have identified who that was and behaved yeah. how he behaved because of that. So it might not have been the thing that brought him there, but it might have been the thing that made him um, sort of use the force that he did on him. I, I, I mean, I think that's something we might never know because really only the police officer um, has the answer to that. Um, but, you know, the bigger thing is that regardless, um, you know, in no way, shape, or form, somebody passing a $20 counterfeit bill should have been treated yeah. with anything close to that um and you know it highlights had that been a white person would that be the case or would it have just been shrugged off and you know was his race 
which really is most likely true, why he was um, treated the way he was treated and ultimately killed. I agree because, I mean, it's a twenty. if it's a counterfeit bill, why didn't they just try to figure out where it came from instead of trying to yeah, but get this, this happens, guy? I mean, this happens a lot where it'll be a oh, very yeah? minor infraction um, from I know. an African-American and, and the police, you know, treats them like if, you know, like a militia attacking them. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's what's bringing out the protests and, and, you know, propelling Black Lives Matter because this is not just an, an incident that's happened. It's an incident to keep that, you know, you brought up Breonna Taylor before, you know, you yeah. know would that have been a different scenario if, or if uh, she had a different color of skin, basically? Well, added to that, which bothers me even more, is the fact that George Floyd was, um, he has COVID-19. He was diagnosed with that when he died. He had the, he has the virus. So why did they let these three, these four, whatever they want to call them, out of jail? Why didn't they quarantine him? And what about his family? Because he had COVID-19. It, that, that's a fact. That, that's what bothers me, too. Why didn't they do something about that? And why was the, his brother allowed to come to, you know, to the assembly or wherever he was that he stated his case? Don't they have to worry that this, disease, this virus is going to be spread? To all those people that came to the rally? Was he? But the thing is, was he aware of that he had it? Because a lot of people are asymptomatic. I don't think we, so. Yeah. I don't we think he know. knew. The, 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 yeah. the coroner said he had it. He did not know he had it. No. The coroner said. Right. I read the autopsy report. The coroner said that he had was diagnosed with COVID nineteen. I don't think he knew he had it. But if you know that he had it and you're bringing it out, why aren't they? doing something to test all those people. And what about those four miserable cops? I mean, they're out there. They're families, so why aren't they doing something about that? Because it's a fact. You did have it. But, but you, Brandon, well, you don't know that they didn't test them. You, you don't know that they haven't yeah, tested them. I, I mean, I, know. I think in the midst of everything that happened, place. that was not something that was really, you know, like in the newspapers and everything. I'm sure they tested them in some way, shape, or I hope form. So. Because it's two seconds. Yeah, I mean, I, I highly doubt that, that that wasn't something done. It was just so much else was going on that that was probably not something that was just in, in the media. Um, but I imagine they stuck a thing up their nose and tested them. I mean, yeah, and the other thing no is fun. that you can't, after they test it, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't um, suspend the rules of, of, of bail. I mean, and as a matter of fact, yeah, I know. They're, they're probably better off out of jail prison because here in New York they are, they have um, emptied a lot of people who um, mm-hmm. supposed um, weren't uh, there for guilt for um, violent crimes um, out of Rikers Island because of there's more danger being in a mm-hmm. prison in a closed place so in a way you're you're you're, you're probably better off uh, having them if they qualify mm-hmm. for bail they should be out on bail and as someone just said before we don't know that they if they weren't tested um, before anyway. Um, so it, it's a hard thing to, to judge from, from being away yeah, from I it know. with the facts. But trust me, you don't want to get tested. It was no fun. It's no fun. <laughs> and I got tested, <laughs> yeah. and, I wasn't, and I got tested, and it wasn't even for that. They just said when you go to urgent care from now on, if you haven't been tested, you're getting tested even if you don't want to be. That's, that's the new thing. And it's... But, uh, I was negative, but it was no fun. But if you have to, what can I say? Okay. The final question about this is, um, Chris, you brought up, is, if you were chief, what do you think about wearing police wearing a camera, and how beneficial would that be? So if the officer is acting like... I think it would be greatly like, beneficial. 
Yeah, that's if what I'm received, saying. If, I, if you made me chief of police of a department tomorrow, the first thing I would do would be go to every roll call and say, all right, everybody gets a body camera. And, you yeah. know, and, and if you, if if it goes off, you know, something, you, there's an incident or something, you're going to leave that thing on. And if you, something happens and we go to look at the, the body camera film and you say, oh, uh, the body camera was broken or whatever, I'll send, I'll, I'd let them know. I'm going to send that to IT because mm-hmm. if the IT says it malfunctions, fine. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get some mm-hmm. kind of disciplinary action if you turn that camera off. Because as far as I'm concerned, when I was on the job, you could have put 100 cameras on me. If you're not a bully or a cowboy, what are you worried about? What do you care? Yeah. And that camera could be your friend as much as, as, as your aunt. That camera's more your friend. Because when you get in that he said, she mm-hmm. said situation with, with, with suspects, you have that. Now you say, well, let's look, at the, let's look at the video. When that chick says that he gave me a tick when you go to traffic court, she says, oh, he gave me a ticket because he hit on me and I wouldn't go out with him. Well, let's play the video. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it, it, that's your that's 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 your defense too, and I just, I don't understand the 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 fear of that camera. And if, if, remember the Michael Brown thing in Ferguson? Well, yeah. mm-hmm. that's where you have the cop says he reached for my gun. His friend, the, the the Brown's friends say he didn't. If that cop had been wearing a body camera, it would have been did he reach for the gun or did he not? Good shooting, bad shooting. We would have known straight up day one, and and it, it solves a lot of problems. To me, yeah. Do the I mean, New the York cops have, have, really have wear be... cameras, Lee? Do the New York cops wear cameras, or not all of them, or don't they have that yet? I um, I actually don't know the answer to that. They I would it. hope so. Uh, uh, they they, they all do. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, I, I think. I mean, really, the only cops that would be against it are the bad cops that we want to weed out. You know, I mean, yeah. Anybody like you said that would, that's, that's a good cop that's really there just for the law. Um, would want that camera to really be, you know, their alibi in case they get into a sticky situation. Um, and a bad cop wouldn't want it because they want to get away with whatever they want to get away with. Do you think the media makes it worse, Charles? You know, you're you're, you're a journalist too. Um, but do you think the the media makes it worse? Do you think they can hop it up to get people riled up or whatever? That you know they're reporting it, but they, sometimes they have a smile on their face, and I can't like, why are you so happy that this happened? Well, you know, whether they do or don't, it depends on the individual case. But, but the idea mm-hmm. is that, that one of the uh, the checks and balances for stuff like that is the press. So I'd yeah. rather have the press, you know, I mean, look, some of the tabloids go crazy with everything, you know. So you've mm-hmm. got to balance it, but you can't, um, and, and in an individual case, they may make it worse. But the alternative is, um, is, is, is to what to, to um, put restraints on the press? So I mean, any mm-hmm. any time you have something, and they say that you might have bad cops uh, among the good ones, you're going to have journalists mm-hmm. who are irresponsible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything you can do about that. Does it make it worse as a fact? Probably in many cases. In many cases, it helps. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they, each channel reports it differently, though. Each media, each reporter says it in their own way. Am I correct? That each one presented in a different in a different light, because no two stations ever says that this, you know, presented the same way. Well, of course. I mean, right. if you're looking at sort of like Fox News versus, you know, yeah. MSNBC, <laughs> it's it's two different sides of the story, basically. You know, if you look on Fox News right now, the main story is all about what's happening in Seattle. Like that's the biggest thing that's happening in this world right now, yeah. where nobody else is covering that. Um, 
it's because they need to feed that to their audience because their audience needs to bite on something and that's all they really have. There's no report basically about, um, you know, what just went down in terms of the soldier um, and, and in terms of Trump and Russia. That's barely a story. Um, so you have skewed news, you know, with certain outlets. Um, but, you know, like you said, the most important thing is really to have press and keep people informed. And I think Black Lives Matter became such sort of a big thing because people have been stuck inside for three months and mm-hmm. they've been watching the news more than ever before. So this ignited something within them. And I mean, I live in midtown Manhattan. There was one time I saw literally 10,000 people protesting. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. I had never seen anything like that in my life. And it was because people were frustrated and they're angry. And, you know, whether the media perpetuated that, I mean, it got them off their ass to really go outside and try to make a difference. That, that's, that's scary. So we're going to change it to, Ali, you brought this up. Yeah. I was watching the news again. I keep watching the news. I don't know why I do that. Um, and this thing with Trump rally, the first one, I mean, the man needs mm-hmm. needs mental help, seriously. No offense. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, the people that set this up in Tulsa had 12,000 stickers on the chairs, and I know I'm correct about that. And they also had, you know, wear masks and a whole bunch of things to, to make sure that people social distance and were safe. And he had them removed. He had his he had his staffers who six or seven of them have COVID nineteen, and he says, "Oh, I didn't contract it a disease." Very good grammar. I mean, how how do you stop this? The Trump rallies are indoors arenas, and they don't want masks, and they're sending the wrong message, and it, and it's going to spike, and it's going to it's going to. I mean, it is. It, it, it already has what, what spiked. It has spiked. It's going to spike here too because these kids came from. Um, Florida to Chappaqua to a graduation. This kid had no right to be there. I know. I heard that. I mean, it's it's very frustrating. So what do we do? I I mean, I don't have the exact answer to that, but the the frustration is that, you know, I've been in New York City for the last three months, and for the most Mm -hmm, part, New Yorkers have behaved exactly how we needed to behave to kind of eliminate this disease. We're wearing masks. We're socially distancing. um, we're, We're really, you know, we're testing. We're doing everything as possible. And you have some of these other states where the governor um, opened it up too soon, and now we have issues in Florida, in Texas, you know, potentially, I'm sure, in yeah. Tulsa, too, from rallies. Um, and I think with Trump, it's like, basically, he's, he sort of staked his claim in terms of, um, you know, who his followers are going to be. They're going to be people who refuse to wear masks. They're going to be people who side with people who support, like, white power and white supremacists. And and this is his last effort in terms of like trying to I don't know rally his base. Um, I, I I fear really for what's going to happen in the next couple months because if people mm-hmm. don't start behaving like we have in New York, um, these places without as strong an infrastructure are gonna uh, it's just gonna wipe through them basically. Yeah, I'm living in a red state down in Alabama, and and words several months ago you had people. For the most part, following social distancing and uh, and wearing masks, we reopened the state again prematurely, like you know, as noted, and cases are spiking back up. Uh, and it's a wholesale change. Hardly anybody wears a mask in public. Uh, I do, either a mask or a bandana, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you get the side eye, you get the smirk. And it's become, unfortunately, a, a, a political symbol, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, uh, it, 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 whereas it should be a health uh, 
Absolutely. thing and a sign of your concern for your your fellow citizens. It's a you know it's become a mark of Cain uh, among uh, particularly you know this is a heavily Republican state probably you know probably next to Mississippi the most uh, the most red state in the South and uh, uh, you know it's just a it's just a horror show when you go out and see these folks nobody wearing masks uh, I'll I'll you know if I, if I like if I see a, a line of people. Uh, at the post office, I'll come back at another time. You know, I'm not going to risk you know uh, my life for, um, you know, picking up picking up a bill out of my mailbox. Yeah. I mean that's crazy because I mean here you're not allowed inside anywhere without a mask. Um, so yeah, whether yeah. people it's decide different outside, culture. yeah, I mean you you do see occasionally people outside not wearing it, but I, I have never been inside of you know either like the post office or anything. Uh, you wouldn't be allowed in, basically, and I think that's the yeah. strategy all states should take. But unfortunately, you have a, you know somebody at the top who's telling people to do the opposite. I mean, I think just yesterday, Mike Pence was finally like, "Oh, we should wear a mask." You know, three months later. Um, but yeah, yeah, horses out of the like, barn. And I think we, you know, we screwed up early on. And should mm-hmm. have, you know, should have just made masks mandatory in public, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Disconnect that from the uh, social distancing uh, uh, recommendation. Uh, you know, too many people have linked the two, saying if you can't maintain social distancing, wear a mask. Well, wear a mask and maintain social distancing should have been the yeah. call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I know. Up, up here, especially, you can't. I mean, you go into the pharmacy, it's, it's a pain, but you go into the pharmacy, go into the, I, the supermarket I go into is Acme, God bless them. I mean, they, they, have it, they have it so under control, and everybody is so understanding. I mean, you go, and then you go into some supermarkets that I wouldn't even think to go in. I don't go into the post office. I'm lucky I have a mailbox in my building. <laughs> I just mail it. I mean, I went into and the post office yes, the other day. It was perfectly fine. It was like I did people. go in. We were all separate from one another. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was not unsafe in, in, in any way. But, again, it's because they're really doing as many protocols as possible to keep it safe. How, Brian, does, your you know, building you... deal with, how does your building deal with FedEx and UPS? They're not allowed to deliver up here. They have, have to leave to... it on a table downstairs, and they're stealing my books. People are taking well, my books. No, I mean, my building still... stays yeah. with the doorman, and then the doorman sets yeah. it up. I mean, exactly. Fran, at this point, have... that's not my concern. Question. Fran, you asked a question earlier, with like, what can we do? First of all, here in New York City, where I I am, we're less than 1% um, infection rate now because of what what we did, what Cuomo did. But the ultimate, the answer to the question is November. That's what we need to do. Vote. You can't do anything now, but you can get out whoever you want to get out if you go out and vote. So to me, the ultimate answer is voting. If we, if he wins, I, have, I tell you, though, I have a horrible fear that he is going to try to use this this virus as a reason to postpone the election. And I yes, and, and you, can't count, you can't count on the Senate to fight him. I, I well, sure it, hope that, that there's enough of a, of a, of a that's pushback scary. from the people, from the nation, that says, no, we're going to have our election. But, you know, you listen to it? him talk about mail-in voting and stuff like that, and we mail in our votes up here, no problem in Washington, and California, too. It's never been an issue. Well, you know, mail-in voting has been used by the military since yeah. the Civil War. 
I mean, it's it, you know, I mean that's that's why Lincoln won his final term because they they had they had mail-in ballots. So, I mean, it's it's just uh, you know another Republican uh, voter suppression tactic. Uh, you know, they 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 can't win a a, a straight up election. You know, they have yeah, to what would happen? engage they in their tactics. Have- they could actually the have the power. He actually is, has the power to postpone an election. That's no, I think that's I actually think the House. Does. I think I think the House though is the one that that, that holds I, the decision. I, I, that. I know people are afraid of that, or that he's not going to get out. But first of all, he, he can't constitutionally. He can't. He can't postpone the election. Yeah. But the other thing is, he makes so many enemies every day. So in, Which in, is, in yeah. you you don't even have the military on his side. You know, in, in uh, other countries where there are dictators or whatever, it's always the military yeah. comes in. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think we have a lot more to worry about than the fact that he's going to try to postpone the, the election. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, he I, might try to steal it or, you know, I right. think that's bigger worry. Um, but I don't think he could postpone it. Right. I'm more afraid of voter suppression than I am yeah. of, of, yeah, uh, of trying to cancel the yeah. election. Yeah, I you think, think people are going to come. More people are going to come out or not come out. And the the scary part is, did you see those people that that at that rally? Did you see those the shirts that these stupid women were wearing and how they were making a pass at this this person? Where where are the brains of people? But but I think the image that should stay with us is in that in the Georgia yeah. election where it was chaos and we saw yeah. people in the pouring rain. Mm-hmm. Children in online. their mm. online for hours and hours. That's how important voting was to them, and that's yeah. the kind of I think that's the kind of image that we should have is people are going to vote. You know, they're going to try mm-hmm. to stop them, try to do the suppression. It's the Democrats' uh, responsibility to make sure yeah. have enough people who are poll watchers who are getting people to mm-hmm. to, um, to to the to the place of voting. So it's mm-hmm. our answer. These things, and we ought not to, I think, get, get carried away with um, all these worst-case scenarios when there mm-hmm. are real scenarios that we can actually do something about. Yeah, um, that's a good I point. Think you're, I think you're spot on. You know, it, it is yeah. voter suppression and uh, uh, the tactics that you've already seen put in play with closing down polling places, mothballing mm-hmm. machines, and and trying to. Uh, suppress uh, the vote in, in uh, you know, presumably Democratic districts. Uh, that, I mean, it's 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 out there, open and naked for for anybody to see. And Georgia is just one case. It's the worst case, but uh, that's you know going on in other states as well. Uh, and and that's what the Republicans will clearly do come election day uh, is. You know, just try to you know, tamp down that uh, Democratic vote to, you know, by any means necessary. I mean, right. What about, what about Biden? Do you think he's any? Do you think he's doing anything to counteract this? Before we end, we have about ten minutes. Um, Biden is, I he, hope is so. he taking this seriously? I don't know. I, I don't see too much. I think. Of I mean, I think he's definitely taking it seriously. Um, you know, yeah, he is, he is the but... perfect candidate. No, um, but. He's all we have right now, and everybody just needs to get behind him. And I think it'll it'll also have to do with who he decides to pick as his VP candidate and how they're able to kind of bring people out in, in terms of it, too. So yeah. I think a lot. Um, we'll just have to sort of wait and see. Um, but I, I imagine I, he's doing 
everything yeah. in his power I, right now. I I agree. I think we all know we're we're voting for the VP as much as we are for the for for Biden. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and knocking and for the GOP out of the Senate and sort of all these things. Oh, uh, the, the Senate. <laughs> well, the other thing is that the other enemy is complacency. But, yeah. you know, I totally believe all these polls that have a Biden, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 points ahead. I totally believe them. I mean, the pollsters, even mm-hmm. people will point to um, 16, mm-hmm. how wrong the pollsters were. They actually weren't wrong. They were, they were spot on with the, um, the, the countrywide vote, the, the, the general vote, spot on with the, the, uh, the – they did miss those three states that were so key. Yeah, uh, but overall the pollsters did pretty well. So when you're 12, 14 points behind, you know you can kid yourself and say you know the polls lie or whatever. They don't, and but the, the Democrats cannot be complacent. They have to yeah. make sure that that yeah. that, yep. that polls. The countrywide vote doesn't. The countrywide vote isn't the thing to focus on. You know, it is the state-by-state state and, and electoral college. Yeah. You know, right. and, already, and we can't afford. All those states, the three states that, that flip to him now, I believe are anywhere from 8 to 12 percent um, mm-hmm. against Trump. I believe those polls, but we have to keep that going. Uh, you know, and then he's frightened, and so is someone like McConnell. When McConnell says to, mm. to judges, look, you know, if you're close to retirement, retire now so we can fill those spots. He knows that the chances of him being able to, to fill those spots in, in six months or eight months is, is, is pretty low, I think. Yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, I don't, uh, they'll keep saying things like, oh, it's four months away, there's plenty of time to turn it around. You've got a guy, well, I, I, I promise you this, and it's been proved, if you think the missteps he's taken now, or the last, he could do something every single day, like yesterday, reposting, retweeting that that racist. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And then today he did something else. He retweeted right. another racist. Not, I mean, that's right. He's not finished. It's his nature to do these things. So I think that you know he, he is his own worst enemy. And as long as we, the, the Democrats don't screw up, um, which they're capable of doing. But if it, but it's kind of sidestep. It's game on us if we don't we don't uh, do the right in terms of the election. It's game on us. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm not as afraid as uh, my friends will tell you. Six months ago, I was betting with friends of mine, all of whom were liberal, by the way, that Trump would not would not win the election. This is five six months ago, before coronavirus, before all this other stuff, because just by nature. He can't help but doing the wrong thing every single day. And he's really good at it, doing it every single day. I think he likes to incite people. I think it's his thing, which is really scary. But before I forget, tomorrow is the last day, is the last show until August 3rd. Tomorrow I'm going to end it in a very different way. Pastor Michael Jones is going to talk about his his book, um, The Seven Steps to um, Making Life Better for Everyone. We're going to talk about ways to get along, friendship, um, parents, and we're going to do a little prayer, and we're going to put it hopefully end end it in a positive note. It should be interesting. And Pastor Michael's been on my show before, and he's going to talk the seven Adventist uh, ways of dealing with. Um, 
diff- different different things in in for Christian people, Jewish people, and everyone. And we're going to start with friendships and loyalties. It should be interesting tomorrow. And then we're going to come back August third with Mark Sass and Moses the singer, which deals with a man that had no country that was an immigrant that had nowhere, and how these teenagers helped him to find his way. It's really good. So that's interesting. I don't do shows in July. I take the time off. Somebody's got to give me a day off uh, for, <laughs> for something. Um, seriously speaking, what what else can we do? I mean, I saw there was something else. They're closing the uh, drinking in the bars. Is that is that a case? They're closing no drinking in the bars because... The kids are the teenagers are outside the outside and the young adults are outside in, even in New York correctly um, they're drinking yes. they're not wearing masks outside whatever. yes not not inside yeah. Cuomo said if that happens they're going to pull the licenses of these bars which he might have to do anyway and in Florida they're saying no drinking in the bars so does that mean you can't drink outside and that's not going to stop this so what, what do you do I mean how do we get seriously um, to get more people out are they going to Breaking up a little, Fran. I'm here. On my end. What, what, is, what do they have to do in order to get more people to vote? What should the Democrats do in order to guarantee that people come out? Like you said, not I mean, I think, I think for a lot of young people, they really just have to listen. I think they're not, they don't always yeah. listen to the people in terms of what people want. Um, and, and some of these other newer Democratic candidates, um, that, that younger people are kind of veering towards, I think those are the people that need to start really stepping up in the party and, and, and helping to get people to come out and vote. Um, because it's true, if, if all the young people voted, Trump would lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, that's, not his, um, that's not his bread and butter. Um, and, you know, in New York, it, it's sad because, you know, we, we're always Democrat. That's how it's going to be. It, it, you know, our... our it's not that our vote doesn't matter, but our vote doesn't have the power that it has in a place like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Florida. Um, so it's really targeting these these certain counties that could flip one way or the other. And um, unlike what Hillary Clinton didn't do, um, you know, four years ago, to focus on those places as much as possible and um, to really, you know, show people the right way. Yeah, joking. What's going to happen joking. if they're going to have rallies down there too in Florida? They're going to let them come down there, too? Uh, I think right now they've canceled all their rallies, A, because the Tulsa one only had, like, three people. It was really embarrassing. Um, so <laughs> I think as of now, um, <laughs> yeah, all, all, yeah, I mean, all his future rallies, I think, are, are, are canceled for the moment, um, you know, just because Florida is going through so much other, you know, stuff yeah, right 9, now. Yeah, 9,600 um, cases of COVID, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um but I, I'm sure he'll figure out a way to rally again, unless he was so embarrassed by the last one that, you know, his, his people are telling him not to. Um, he might you know, have I a mean, virtual one. Who, who, knows, know. <laughs> who knows what tomorrow will bring? You know, I mean, I think that's the case of 2020. It's like every day is something. Well, he know, keeps thinking he's not going to get the virus. Wouldn't there. that be sad? Go ahead, Chris. Oh, God. And, you, you know, got I, the virus, I, I'm since fine the gentleman, with that. Since the gentlemen are, are former journalists, as a journalist, wouldn't you have loved to have been a spider on the wall when he saw how poorly his turnout was in Tulsa? Oh, I love that. He would have gone into meltdown, I'm sure. 
it would have been fun to yeah, watch. I would have loved to see that. I mean, there's that video of him walking um, off of Air Force One, played to, like, sad mm-hmm. music. It made me happy. You know, like, I'm not going to lie. It was nice to see that. Me too. Um, and the TikTok teenagers punked the whole campaign, basically, um, which is amazing as well. I would be curious to know what is what is um well his, uh, Ivanka is there all the time. I don't know why she's always there. He can't do anything without her. I'd be curious to know what the, the people that actually work with him actually think. And I mean, he keeps firing everybody. And his um, news conferences, I don't even listen. I just turn them off. It's it's sad because I think anybody that disagrees with him or says something uh, automatically the next day they're not there anymore. Which yeah, I mean, anybody scarier. who works yeah. with him, it's, it's, it's your fault for how it's going to end, basically. I mean, I don't know how it, somebody doesn't foresee the future of working with Trump. I mean, for somebody like Ivanka, she's a power-hungry monster. So, like, she, yeah. you know, she's just she's his child. So, like, there's part of him in her as well. And they have designed yeah, to kind of, you know, take over just as much as he does. It's because she's pretty dumb. I don't care about the, the inner machinations. I don't care about the inner machinations of Trump and his uh, administration. At this point, I want to see Biden offer yeah. people a reason to vote for yeah. him. I think mm-hmm. that's you know yeah. that's the uh, that's the great shame of the, uh, the you know not being able to rally and hold campaign events live. You don't get that sense of what he's about. And what he'll bring the country, other than the fact he's not Trump, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. he needs. It can't you know, just be an anti-vote. No, and, and you know, if you want to get any type of enthusiasm and turnout, I mean, I think a picking who he picks as vice president is key, and b, yeah. you know, making making a, a, an appeal to those pocketbook issues that cut across, you know, lines of division. Um, I think those two things are key. Mm-hmm. Democrats, well, Demo- strong, Democrats yeah. do well. Democrats do well when they talk about kitchen table issues that uh, matter to mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. So yeah, really push, he, hard, push hard on health care. You know, he's trying to abolish. He's going yeah. to the Supreme Court yeah. to abolish to abolish Obamacare. If, and Biden was one of the architects of it. That's a just a gift to, to Biden. If he he just yeah. really needs to hammer that home, you know. And that's and the that kind of so kitchen true. table issue I'm talking about. You know, it's it's like everybody needs health care. So what are you going to yes. do about it? This guy's going to kill it. You know, I'm going to make it better. You know, I mean, that's it's it's a it's a pretty simple message. You know. By the way, um, that's exactly what I meant about self-destructive. The worst yeah. time in the world to do that is now, and he can't help himself. Uh, you know, so yeah. all these things uh, are just. My feeling is let him be Trump because he's going to screw up every time. Well, he doesn't think anybody but himself is right. Only his opinion matters. He's so narcissistic. It's scary. It's scary. He just thinks I'm I'm the only one that knows anything and I'm right. Nobody else has an opinion except him. I don't. I I wonder sometimes what Pence really thinks about him, and he's another puppet in 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 this thing because he doesn't even speak out. Whatever he says is wonderful. And every time I hear them say thank you for my leadership, for your leadership, I go like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, it's scary. But I mean, I'm anyway. sure he hates them, but he's also crazy. So, like, yeah. You know, we know he's cra- that. that's probably yeah. why nobody took a thing and got rid of Trump because they don't want him either. And I, from Sorry. what I gathered, they don't, he, they, he may not even be his running mate again. So who knows? 
Um, mm-hmm. God forbid he takes his daughter as his running mate. That would be even scarier. But I want to oh, thank wow. everybody for today. If anybody has a new book coming out, please let me know because my um, pile's yeah, getting I, bigger. My, my novel, The Ancestors, coming out on August 21st, so very soon, um, from all due respect, books. I know I was you were doing you're doing a, sh- a virtual thing with I'm uh, by the way I now review for Isabella Blackthorn they love me oh yeah okay cool cool and they said that you, they said that I couldn't get a copy of Slow Down so that's why I did the spotlight for you they said they um, didn't get me I a could copy get you a, I think I just didn't have I only had um yeah uh, like e arcs at the time um, but if you want Fran I could send you one. Send me one this way; they'll love me even more. Because um, my new book, "What If," is going to probably come out in another week or two. I hope. Oh, um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I gave it to 12 people that asked to read it, and only two said something about it. So maybe they didn't love it. Uh, it's called. No, I think what it's just a live- tough time. I think it's a tough time right now. You know. It's only 60 pages. It's really not that big. Oh well. Okay, it's- they have no excuse. What if what if you lived in a world that I created and the kind of bizarre world? Would you be happy to live in the world we're in now? What if? And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, people have read it. It's like a Twilight Zone kind of thing, and you know, not everybody likes cool. it. But mm-hmm. when it comes out, you, everybody can have one. What can I say? But I want to thank everyone. This has been interesting. And like I said, we start back August 3rd with Mark Sass. I'm taking the month off unless there's something very crucial in July. I don't do any shows in July. I take the time off just to catch up on things. But thank you so much. Everybody stay safe. And I really hope, Jim, that they do something in your state. And I hope that we don't have any spikes in New York because my hairdresser just opened up and I really like looking better. And it would really break my heart. <laughs> totally <laughs> fair. If, if, if I only had my roots done, I'm, I can't wait to get my blue, purple, and magenta and pink highlights on Thursday. I'm excited. So everybody have a great day. Stay healthy and bye. You too. Thanks, Thank friends. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Yes. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.